0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And our favorite team is coming off a 5-2 loss to the Calgary Flames, where they certainly were not at their best. We'll get into that one here in a moment, as well as update the Eastern Conference Power Rankings and take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. First, I'd like to introduce myself. For those of you who are new to the podcast, my name is Ian McLaren. Uh, I spent five years working at The Score up here in Toronto. I uh, do some writing for Second City Hockey as well as Daily Hive. And uh, proud to bring you this daily Boston Bruins podcast. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And if you feel like sending me an email, you can do so at Bruins at gmail.com. The next email will be the first the podcast is available wherever you get podcasts whether it be apple spotify stitcher google pocket casts uh fm radio just kidding that's not possible but uh, if you do download the podcast uh, please subscribe rate and review if and when possible Uh, that would be very much appreciated uh as I mentioned, the Bruins five two losers to the Calgary Flames at home on uh what was yesterday, Tuesday night. Uh to Carrasque's first loss on home ice since well, you know, uh game seven. It was only Boston's third regulation loss on home ice this season. Their record is now at twenty one, three and nine at the Garden uh since October. I think head coach Bruce Cassidy said it best when he said, I thought some guys came to play and some guys didn't. Didn't break a sweat. Some of them, it looked like I'm sure there was effort. They were trying. They were just in between. Couldn't execute or whatever. At the end of the day, it wasn't good enough. Uh, Brad Marchand, who scored a shorthanded goal, his 27th career shorty. uh, And that's a club record that just continues to grow. Uh, That tied the game at one midway through the second. From that point, he said, we didn't have it all the way through the game. A little sleepy, I guess, at times. Not our normal, upbeat, high-energy game. That's going to happen in an 82-game schedule. You're not going to be perfect. Unfortunately, we didn't get this one, but there's lots left. The Bruins, of course, were coming off a uh, Western Canadian road trip, so traveling from Vancouver, where they played on Saturday, uh, to play here on Tuesday. Uh, they also went through the, uh, perhaps, emotionally draining Uh, Trade deadline day where they said goodbye to uh, Danton Heinen, who recorded an assist in his Anaheim Ducks debut. Uh, But still, the effort was overall uh, pretty poor on this night. The one line that did have some jump was uh, the fourth line, uh, which was Sean Corrales, Par Lindholm, and Chris Wagner. Uh, They almost were able to uh, tie the game after making it 3-2, Uh, on a goal by uh, Chris Wagner, his second goal in as many games. Cassidy said they were our best line in terms of finding pucks and getting it through the neutral zone. Everyone else uh, seemed to struggle in that area. Uh, Cassidy added, we kept wanting to put the puck in the middle of the ice and it wasn't there and it came back in us and we paid the price. Uh, But that line, of course, has Sean Corrales moving from his uh, usual center position to left where he had been playing recently with Charlie Coyle. Um, par Lindholm, Chris Wagner, uh, seems like an effective trio. It remains to be seen what happens when Andre Kasia makes his debut where Carson Kuhlman will fit in the lineup, how that will have a trickle down effect, uh, where Joaquim Nordstrom might play, uh, when he's ready and able to contribute. Uh, so some decisions to be made, uh, by head coach, Bruce Cassidy, if and when, uh, you know, the lineup is fully healthy, and uh, all forwards are ready to go. Nick Ritchie, of course, made his debut. Uh, He made an impact early on by leveling former Bruin Milan Lucic, but overall not a a great night. I think he had something like uh, seven hits, which was a game high, but zero shots on goal in 14 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time. Ritchie said he thought there were a couple positives, uh, but just how the team played overall, what wasn't what we wanted. Uh, It'll come as we go on. You're new in a locker room, a new city, new building, everything's new. It's going to take a little bit, but we're hoping to shorten things up. I mean, certainly there is a grace period for a guy flying over from California, being inserted into the lineup the next day and, you know, playing with guys that he has never skated with before. Uh, He of course played on the line with Charlie Coyle and Anders Bjork. Midway through the game, he did shift him up to the second line with David Krejci and Carson Kuhlman in place of uh, Jake DeBrusk, who did not have a strong game by any stretch, uh, and he's just trying to jumpstart. So really in his debut, Coyle played on two different lines, and obviously it's going to take some time to get used to playing with those guys. Um, Cassidy said, I thought he was fine. I'm not going to judge him. He flew in here Monday night. That's something I just mentioned. Trying to get acclimated. There has to be a decent amount of period before we see what we got. And they go from there. Uh, You know, Cassidy's going to take some time to see if he finished checks. Did he get inside? That's some of the details that they're hoping that he's going to bring. Uh, The coil line as a whole had a rare off night. They were just fighting it. You try to kind of mix it up a little bit. This is Cassidy talking about bumping Richie to the second line. He mentioned Krejci and Debrusk haven't produced a lot lately, so it was kind of an effort to see if he could uh, spark something by shaking things up. Sometimes it works. Tonight it did not. Uh, the Bruins will be back in action Thursday night at home against the Dallas Stars. Now we'll preview that game tomorrow as well as open up the mailbag. Uh, so start thinking of some questions that you'd like to send me at ENC McLaren. Uh McLaren. But yeah, overall a pretty poor effort for the Bruins. Uh, thankfully, the Tampa Bay Lightning also lost last night uh, as the Toronto Maple Leafs shook off their EBUG loss and came up with a big effort in a 4-3 win over the Lightning. That means the Bruins remain five points ahead of Tampa in the uh, overall standings, Atlantic Division standings, Eastern Conference standings, um, and we'll now take a look at uh, the Eastern Conference power rankings and how they all fit into the scheme of things at this point in the season. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that uh, I had been doing the Atlantic Division power rankings to kick things off earlier this season with Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo pretty much non-factors at this point. I thought it would be more prudent to take a look at the Eastern Conference power rankings uh, moving forward. And I've talked a lot about how the third place team in the Atlantic division. Uh, that's a race that's coming down between the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. If we look at the Eastern conference standings, you notice that they are both outside of the old uh, one to eight seating playoff format, uh, which begs the question as to whether Boston would rather, uh, you know, play a metropolitan team in the opening round or drop to second and Uh, you know, face the prospect of playing either the Maple Leafs or the Florida Panthers in the opening round. But uh, I guess we'll kick it down to teams with 70 plus points, Montreal and Buffalo uh, 67 and 66 points respectively. And let's be honest, probably too far outside the playoff picture to make up that ground, despite Buffalo's Uh, decision to bring in wayne simmons prior to the trade deadline so in 11th place we have the florida panthers they have 72 points through 63 games so they're two points back of toronto for that third place spot in the atlantic division with a game in hand it should be noted uh the panthers are at plus six in terms of goal differential plus 11 for the toronto maple leafs so that um you know, third place spot is still very much in the ballots. Uh, it's worth noting here on Wednesday morning that the Maple Leafs have announced that Jake Muzzin will be out of the lineup for uh, up to four weeks with a broken hand, suffered in that win over the Lightning. I think he uh, blocked a shot. And, um, you know, that is a big loss for them, certainly. And it's a good thing that they did help hold on to Tyson Berry, uh, as he kind of steps up to be their number one defenseman right now. Uh, They're already without Morgan Riley and Cody Ceci, so very banged up, and they might be in tough to uh, lock down that third-place spot. Uh, In terms of point percentage, they have a slight advantage over the Maple Leafs. uh, Sorry, over the Panthers. Maple Leafs at 578, Panthers at 571. Uh, So right now, those two teams I had put in, honestly, 11th and uh, 10th overall in the Eastern Conference. Um, The ninth place team, if you can believe it, is the New York Rangers. They've played 62 games. They have 72 points, a plus 16 goal differential, and they're actually ahead of both Toronto and Florida in terms of point percentage at 581. Uh, Unfortunately for them, they do play in a stacked metropolitan division. And um, so they're, uh, you know, Four points behind Columbus in uh, the wild card race, albeit with three games in hand. So it's actually very much well within their grasp. If they're able to make good on those games in hand, the Rangers could jump into a playoff spot despite trading Brady Shea at the trade deadline. They did uh, secure Chris Kreider and uh, they could very well make a push here for a playoff spot. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. They've won four in a row. And as I mentioned, they do have those games in hand on Columbus, who currently holds down that uh, second wildcard spot. Ahead of the Rangers, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. They've also played 62 games. They have 74 points. uh, Again, outside of the playoff picture at the moment. But they also have three games in hand on the Blue Jackets, who are just decimated with injuries. Um, They're the only team in the... Uh, Eastern Conference with a uh, minus goal differential that's currently in a playoff spot. Uh, So I really think the Blue Jackets, who are 1, 4, and 5 in their last uh, 10, will be in tough to hang on to that wildcard spot. So let's recap. We have Florida in the 11th spot. I'll put Toronto 10th. I'm actually going to bump Columbus down. Even though they're in the playoff spot right now, they do have... Uh, 65 games played, which is the most among all the teams still in contention here, and they're uh, you know one four and five in their last ten, as I mentioned, minus goal differential. So I'm going to bump them down underneath the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Moving on from there, we have the New York Islanders. They're in the first wild card spot right now. They have 77 points through 62 games, a plus 11 goal differential, uh, two points back of. Philadelphia in the race for third in the Atlantic, although Philadelphia has really established themselves as a, uh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say contending team, but uh, a surefire playoff team in my mind, Uh, plus 25 goal differential. And they're in the top five spot right now for me. So Islanders in sixth, Flyers in uh, fifth. Top four is where we really start to see some separation. Pittsburgh Penguins they've only played 61 games they already have 80 points uh, meaning their um, you know point percentage puts them uh, clearly in uh, fourth here in the Eastern Conference they have a plus 25 no sorry plus 33 goal differential which is better than uh, division leading Washington Capitals and they do have two games in hand on the Capitals so two points Sorry, four points back, two games in hand on Washington. Um, Washington does have the advantage of, uh, yeah, having the 84 points as well as a better point percentage. So The Capitals I'm slotting still in third, and I'm kind of excited to see what Ovechkin and Ilya Kovalchuk can do together on the same team. Second place team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were hot on Boston's heels and uh, were within uh, one point of the league lead. Uh, Not too long ago, they've since lost three games in a row and remain five points back of Boston uh, for first overall, first in the Eastern Conference, first in the Atlantic. Uh, They do have the league's best goal differential at plus 49, but like I mentioned, they are on a three-game losing streak and um, Boston has been able to hold on to the top spot despite their two-game losing streak. Uh, 39, 13, and 12, 90 points. The only team to have 90 points so far this season. Tampa is the next closest with 85. Then we have Washington with 84. Pittsburgh at 80. Um, So, uh, yeah, a really um, tight race atop the Eastern Conference, but Boston, uh, you know, not because they won recently, but by nature of Tampa cooling off a little bit, they've been able to... Retain that five-point lead here with 18 games to play. The Lightning have 19 games remaining on their schedule, and they will be back in action. um, Let's see here on Thursday against the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's how the Eastern Conference stands right now in my mind. Florida, Toronto, uh, rocking the 11th and 10th spots. I'm going to bump the Blue Jackets down to ninth, despite the fact they're in a second wildcard spot and put the Rangers and Hurricanes above them due to the fact that they have both have three games in hand on the Blue Jackets. And if they make good on those, they could pass them uh, quite easily. Uh, Rounding out the top six will go Islanders, Flyers, Penguins, Capitals, Lightning, and then our Boston Bruins. So it's going to be very interesting to see how sh- things shake out down the stretch. Uh, obviously the uh, Panthers and Maple Leafs have the advantage of there being three guaranteed Atlantic spots. Um, one of those two teams could have finished outside of the top eight and still make a the playoffs. And that would be a very good metropolitan team. Um, you know, there's seven of those teams in the running for a playoff spot at the moment. Blue Jackets have a look on the team uh, on the, the downswing, so they may not um, you know, prove to be worthy of a playoff spot, but one of uh, Carolina and the Rangers certainly uh, could end up missing the playoffs with a better record than uh, their Atlantic Division counterparts, and that would be a pretty bad look for the NHL. And uh, maybe a case to go back to the one through eight seating, which I don't really see happening anytime soon, but certainly a conversation worth having if uh, six or seven of these Metropolitan teams remain uh, in the mix throughout uh, the remainder of the regular season. Let's now take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL to wrap up today's podcast. Alexander Ovechkin scored again last night bringing his career total to 701. Uh, he's now only seven goals behind Mike Gartner for um, seventh on the all-time scoring list. Uh, so really cool to see that. Um, and if you missed it last night, he was honored for scoring his 700th over the weekend prior to last night's game. He had his son out on the ice with him, and that was a, a really special moment uh, to watch. Um, in terms of the goals race, uh, our boy David Pasternak continues to lock that down. He's got 45 goals while Ovechkin and Austin Matthews are now tied at 43, uh, two back of our boy David Pasternak. Uh, I would imagine all three will hit the 50 goal mark and it remains to be seen, you know, who will, uh, come out on top. But Pasternak seems well positioned at the moment to win the, uh, Rocket Richard Trophy, which would be the first of his career, first of hopefully uh, many to come. Wrap up some bits from the trade deadline. uh, There was a a report out of uh, San Jose that Joe Thornton was disappointed not to be moved to a cup contender before the trade deadline. Uh, Kevin Kurz of The Athletic quoted him as saying, I've been dreaming about that ever since I can remember, and it just didn't come to fruition for whatever reason. I wanted to get something back for the Sharks, obviously, to help them continue this process with the young guys, and it just didn't work out. Pierre Lebrun reported three or four clubs had an interest in Thornton, but he doesn't think they were uh, elite cup contenders that Thornton would have waived his no-trade movement clause for. Uh, Teams like our Bruins, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Vegas Golden Knights made inquiries, but it doesn't look like uh, there was any serious interest in making that move, which is uh, kind of disappointing. I was hoping that it would work out, uh, but, uh, you know, Joe remains in San Jose, and uh, maybe this is something that will be another storyline at the trade deadline next season if he re-ups with San Jose, and they're uh, in a similar position next year. Um, there was a report on Monday that Zach Parise was close to being traded to New York Islanders, uh, where former New Jersey general manager Lou Lamorello now rules the ship. Um, Parise said he was approached by Bill Guerin a week ago about a proposed trade. He agreed to waive his no-movement clause, but declined to comment about that. Uh, He insists he still loves playing with Minnesota. um, And I think the return was based around Andrew Ladd going to Uh, Minnesota. It's possible uh Wild GM Bill Guerin might revisit that this summer. And uh yeah, I guess it's possible that Parise may be on the move in the offseason. Parise still has five years remaining on his contract at a cap hit of seven point five ish million dollars. He is already thirty five, so that'd be a bit of a wild swing for the Islanders, but uh, definitely seemed like there was some interest there uh, between the two teams to make that kind of deal. And in typical NHL fashion, the emergency backup goalie procedure for NHL games is expected to be discussed at the GM's meetings that begin next week. This according to uh, NHL Deputy Commissioner uh, Bill Daly. Um, the emergency backup of course, is in the spotlight after David Ayers played for the Hurricanes in a 6-3 win over Toronto this past weekend. Uh, Daly said, it's something we've given some consideration to over the years. As recently as last year, we discussed it with general managers. It happens very, very rarely, but when it happens, it obviously raises everybody's attention to the issue and whether there are fixes that need to be made to that particular issue. I guess the most sensible fix would be to have... Teams be able to carry three goalies, um, and it's something they have to work out with the Players Association. Uh, We want what's best for the game, Daily went on, and we want to make sure people aren't putting themselves in danger by playing goal in a National Hockey League game. David Ayers, of course, made the rounds the other day um, after his uh, amazing win over the Leafs, uh, appearing on a bunch of outlets down in the States. Uh, it's a really cool story. Uh, I can see both sides to it. You don't want a playoff race decided by a team lighting up an e-bug. Uh, you don't want the e-bug to get injured. Um, but it's also, you know, something that's really fun. Everybody was watching and it raises, uh, the profile of the league, although perhaps not in, um, you know, the best way possible. So I can see both sides to it. And we'll see if uh, the NHL decides to get rid of the e-bug and allow teams to carry three goalies moving forward. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. We'll be back tomorrow to preview Thursday's Bruins game against the Dallas Stars. Uh, we'll see if Andre Kasha is able to make his Bruins debut. Uh be cool to see him get in there and we get a better look at what the Bruins lineup uh, will uh, consist of moving forward. We'll also be accepting mailbag questions for tomorrow, so if you do have any questions about the Bruins, about uh, anything NHL-wide, uh, about what I'm watching, what I'm enjoying, anything about me, feel free to hit me up at Ian C. McLaren or at lo underscore Uh, Boston Bruins, and I'll be sure to answer your questions on tomorrow's podcast. Hope you all have a great uh, rest of the day. Uh, Happy Wednesday. We're having a bit of a snowstorm up here, so if you are in uh, bad weather, yeah, just take care out there, and uh, yeah, take care of yourselves in general. Thanks so much for listening again. If you are able to leave a rating and a review on Apple, please do so today. It would be very much appreciated. Take care, friends. Talk to you tomorrow.